Hello and welcome to Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the stories and the insights from business owners. My name is John Cassier-Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I am your local Federation of Small Business Membership Advisor, meeting and supporting business owners from all industries. Today, we have a little bit of different angle on the podcast because we have Martin with us. Hello, Martin. Hello. Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited for this session. Right. Yes. Uh, lo looking forward to it. Excellent. So tell us what you do, Martin, and uh, where you're from. Right. Uh, well, the name's Martin Trainer, and I have a very grand title of the Small Business Crown Representative at the Cabinet Office. Now, I can assure you that uh, it's not a particularly powerful position, but it does get you a very good seat in a restaurant. I love that title. <laughs> yeah, so do I. I'd say most people think I've been appointed by the Queen, and, and far be it from me to dispel that myth. <laughs> Excellent. Um, just, to, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, uh, I spent my first 20 years managing hotels in the United Kingdom. So I'm actually a hotelier by trade. Um, the last hotel I managed was the Grand in Leicester. Uh, from there, I moved on to the Leicestershire Chamber of Commerce, where I became chief executive for 14 years. Uh, I, once we merged the chamber with Leicestershire, Nottingham and Derbyshire, I stood down from that position and then went on to what one would describe as portfolio career. So I've done uh, six years at the Department of Business, working on the deregulation agenda, where I served on the government's regulatory policy committee. I'm also uh, deputy chairman of the hospital trust in Leicester. That's a billion pound a year uh, turnover hospital with uh, 16,000 staff. So quite a big uh, operation there. And I'm also the chairman of three leisure companies. So very much portfolio career. Oh, my role. Yeah, my role at the cabinet office is allegedly two days a week, but I've not worked out which two of the seven it is yet. <laughs> so my, my, my role uh, primarily in, in central government is twofold. First of all, to work with government departments to try and make procurement easier for small businesses, but also to encourage small businesses to pitch for government contracts. Now, often among small businesses, they think government is overly bureaucratic, we're too hard to do business with, and we don't pay on time. Well, the last bit is certainly not true because central government now is probably one of the best payers, but as we all know, perceptions are nine-tenths reality. So that, that, that's, that's my role in, in, in central government is to make um, the whole situation easy for SMEs. What I would say is that um, the central government purchases something in the region of 60 billion pounds a year in goods and services. Our aspiration is that 20 billion of that is spent with SMEs. So that's that's the goal and that's the one that uh, I'm working on. Fabulous. So a lot of people listening to this would be very interested in maybe getting some of those contracts. So could you give us an overview of the process? Would that be a useful place to start? Well, I think like, as most people know, with when you go into any of these sort of contracting uh, arrangements is obviously what we describe as the PQQ. That obviously is the pre-qualification questionnaire, which then gives you the opportunity to tell something about your company and if you were to pitch for a piece of work or the supply of goods, you have the ability then to uh, 
describe that. Now, inevitably, um, doing business with government is different from doing business with normal commercial companies. You know, unfortunately, we are the custodians of the public band. So therefore, we will ask a lot more questions than you would expect to see in a normal uh, procurement exercise. Now, the reality of that is what we try to do is make that as easy as possible for businesses, but also recognizing that we have to protect the, the, the public purse. Now, interestingly, what the government has a free service uh, and it's an online service is called Contracts Finder. If you go into any search engine tapping Contracts Finder, any central government contract above the value of £10,000 has to be advertised on that site. Any other public sector contracts, and when I talk about public sector, I mean local government, NHS, police, etc. Anything over £25,000 has to be advertised on that site. Fantastic resource, one of our best kept secrets. So, But I would say to businesses out there, have a look on there. And there are very, very few things that government doesn't buy. Because if you think about the whole raft of the things that we have, you often people think of, oh, well, it's all, you know, trains and roads and everything else. But you've got to remember the MOD is there. You know, we buy food. We buy all sorts of supplies, Sports England. So we buy massive amounts of sports equipment. There is very little we don't actually buy. Wow. That's, that sounds very um, useful to know that. <laughs> so you're talking about making it easier. So what are some of the things that you've been implementing to make it easier? Well, I, I'll give you a classic example. The government's policy is that we will do business with someone who has £10 million worth of insurance. So the original PQQ asked the question, have you got 10 million pounds worth of insurance yes or no if you tick yes you went through if you went no you're in the waste bin right now the policy is to do business with someone that has 10 million pounds worth of insurance so what and actually for a small business who's probably insured either one or five million to get to 10 is very expensive and, and uh, you know there's so there's a real opportunity cost there so we actually changed the wording and we introduced the wording that said if you are the successful tenderer, will you will you insure to the value of ten million pounds? Yes or no. So if you get the contract, you insure to the value of ten million pounds. What it did was stop a whole raft of SMEs for over-insuring on a contract they may or may not win. Excellent. Now again, that saved uh, SMEs a lot of money. I don't get invited to the insurance institute dinner anymore, but celebrate. And that seems a very straightforward and easy thing to implement as well. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, when, when we did it, we couldn't, re we, we couldn't work out why we didn't do it in the first place. But sometimes it can be blatantly as obvious as that. And those are the, the, the type of initiatives I'm trying to, to make it. And again, you, you know, sometimes we, we ask questions, but we ask it in a way that people don't understand. Now, I'll give you an example. A few years ago when I was doing some work for Leicester City Council on helping them open up their procurement, the council is of a particular persuasion. And they said, right, everybody that bids for our work has to have an equalities policy. And of course, it didn't take long before SME started ringing up and saying, well, what's one of these? I've tapped it in the old Google engine and I've got the one for IBM. This looks a bit excessive. 
So, uh, and of course, when you actually explained it to them, it was obvious that they were they were doing everything. They just didn't have two sides of A4 saying this was their policy. So a piece of work that we did, we worked with the Federation of Small Businesses. We developed a template. And on the template, all the business then had to do was to top and tail it, put in there that anything extra they were doing and sign it. So when it said on the PQQ, have you got one of these policies? You just tick it and say yes. And sometimes it's trying to demystify some of the things that we're asking for. Vast majority of companies do these things, but often they don't. They don't have policies that you would you would spot in the public sector. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because uh, I run a small business training business as well as the involvement of the Federation of Small Businesses. And I've sometimes looked at something. I thought I don't quite understand what they're getting at. <laughs> exactly, and that's and that's something that we're going to look at developing in the East Midlands because one, one of the challenges that I've come across is, uh, and it was the coal authority that um, summed it up for me. They said to me, well, you realize that all our um, uh, landscaping and all our uh, land recovery and everything goes to two very large companies. We've dealt with them for, for 30 years, so they know what we want. They've got professional bid writers so when it comes in, it's a Rolls-Royce bid. Now, in fact, the business we would probably like to give it to is probably an SME close to the site that we're doing the reclamation on who would have an interest in the area. But the bid comes in, it's poorly written, it doesn't add up and everything else. And as a procurement officer, you're faced with a Rolls-Royce bid and something's not up to standard. Now, procurement officers can't then turn around to the small business, well, if you put this and put that and everything else, you know, and get your bid up to standard then you know, you'll be okay because the procurement process is out the window straight away. So what we're looking at doing is developing what I describe as a bid writing and advice service. Now, I, I would emphasize it's not really about uh, bid writing, but it's about demystifying some of these things that we ask for on the basis, as you quite rightly said, do I really understand what, they, what they're asking for? And often, if you've not done a public sector PQQ, you may not understand it. Though we try and make it as easy as possible, there are bits and pieces. So we're going to pilot something in the East Midlands area. And the reason we're piloting it is if I was to go up to Scotland, all the advice they give on uh, PQQs and, and bid writing is done online. Right. If I go to Wales, then they're very much running the old business link type thing where it's one-to-one -one business support. So you'd go and see an advisor. I suspect the delivery of that type of service is probably a mixture of both. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we were going to pilot it earlier this year, but uh, something called COVID got in the way. So uh, once, once we get to a, a, a more stable position, we will pilot this and just see what, what happens what the intention would then be if this works then we would roll out a service through our local enterprise partnerships because local enterprise partnerships have growth hubs and each of the growth hub probably is the right place to go now it and i, I do emphasize we're open to all suggestions it may very well be somebody in the office that has experience in procurement that would give advice or actually, it could be a totally outsourced um, service where uh, they refer to another company. So it's somewhere in between. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you are balancing the public interest as yeah. well as the commercial interest and yeah. um, looking to serve both parties in effect. Yeah, very much so. But I, I would emphasize it's a it's designed for the public sector. We're not looking to do commercial work or anything like that. It's just helping helping SMEs to get onto our supply chain. That's that's the intention. Not to have a commercial operation where we would advise on commercial contracts. That's not the uh, not the intention. Right, fabulous. So I always ask if there's any tips. So if you've got three tips for a a business owner who's thinking of applying for one of these contracts. I, I would always say, do your research, because it's, it's the old sort of thing. If uh, any, any tendering process, there may be an incumbent. Find out a bit about the incumbent. Find out or try and find out if the, the public uh, sector is satisfied with the incumbent, because you can spend an awful lot of time putting together a bid, a lot of resource to do it, et cetera, et cetera, and actually that people are satisfied with what's happening. Now, if you find that the contract isn't going as well as it should be, and you can often find this out very easily, is then put the effort into it. You know, pick pick contracts you can win because don't don't underestimate the time it takes to put together a bid. So that that would be my sort of the thing. The other thing is um, always get somebody to read the bid who has had nothing to do with its preparation. Because one of the biggest issues we often have, people put lots of information in there, but they don't actually answer the question. And that actually, more people fail on that business. They put together some fantastic information, but it isn't, they're not answering what we've asked them. <laughs> and, that, that, and that's unfortunate, but that, but that happens all, all the time. And the, the third and final thing, is you know you have to be realistic about the size of contracts you're going for so if you're a relatively small business and say it's a 20 or 30 million pound donor uh, contract then you might very well struggle on that threshold so be realistic in in what you can bid for All right fabulous and if there's somebody who listens to this and they may have a question for you are they able to contact you in any way by all means uh, it's martin.trainer at cabinet office which is all one word dot gov dot uk i'm on linkedin so happy to talk to any businesses and happy to point them in the right direction yeah and i verified that because that's how we met on linkedin wasn't it it was indeed yes fabulous well thank you for sharing your story martin and, and your tips and i think there's going to be a lot of um, interest over this podcast right well look forward to it john and uh, thank you very much for the invitation uh, thank you so this is a podcast by business owners for business owners. And uh, if you know of anybody that would be great to interview, please do let me know. And until next time, see you soon. See you later, Martin. Yep. Cheers, John. The Federation of Small Businesses with practical help for business owners such as 900 and counting contracts, letters and guidance to run your business all in one place. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk